hello. This is Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. Hey, everybody. How you doing today? I'm getting excited here, getting ready to get started. Uh, if you're just tuning in for the first time, uh, I am Craig Greca. I am a six-degree uh, senior master instructor in the universal martial art and a fifth-degree master in the Choikwondo martial art. Now, I don't like to toot my own horn, but sometimes I, I think that people need to know my background a little bit just so they know why I'm here. Um, I actually got my bachelor's degree in uh, television, radio, and film, and I got uh, minors. I got two minors. I got one in physical education, uh, which taught all the biomechanics and kinesiology uh, that I learned uh, in anatomy, and also, two, I uh, have a minor in communications. So uh, that's my background. I hope that uh, helps for further episodes, but um, uh, our podcast today is based on the teachings inside the Karate Kid movies and the Cobra Kai Netflix TV show. Now, one of the things that I wanted to start using uh, was um, after uh, a phenomenon like the uh, Karate Kid has been, the Karate Kid movies and so on, uh, they're calling this the Karate Kid Universe. So we're basically doing the teachings inside, the concept teachings inside the Karate Kid universe. Now, <clears throat> what we're talking about today is the Karate Kid Part 1, where Mr. Miyagi is teaching Daniel how to sand the floor. And when he sands the floor, he's in essence teaching him how to do the low block. Um, also, too, this is done in the Cobra Kai Netflix series, uh, where the kids of the uh, um, the Miyagi Do Karate are sanding the uh, floor to remodel the dojo. So those are the two references that they use. They use that for the uh, low block there as well. So the topic today is sand the floor. Now, um, when I was a kid, um, we had um, built the basement in our house. And um, when you walk out the slider glass door, we had raised the house up. So when you raise, when you go, when you go out the slider door in the back, you'd have to fall ten feet. So my dad decided to build a deck. Okay, so we helped our dad build the deck in the backyard to overlook the yard. Now, one thing about it though is I specifically remember that we did not sand it very much. Um, we were a little bit on the younger side then. And we wouldn't have spent the time to sand it as thoroughly as it needed. Um, and then over the years, the deck was always kind of rough on the feet. And it was rough on the feet for two reasons. One is it probably didn't get sanded really well. And two, it wasn't, uh, uh, it wasn't uh, you know, stained every year in order to keep it protected. Um, now, I build a lot of obstacles out of wood for our American Ninja Warrior class. Um, in the studio here. And uh, usually when I build an obstacle, um, I sand it for about an hour before painting. Okay, a lot of people think that's a little overdone, but uh, in order to take, uh, to fashion a piece of wood and to make it safe, you have to sand it quite a bit to make sure that that happens. Um, and I don't think we did that very well on our deck. So this is one of those topics uh, in history that we did not do a very good job um, um, in the work task. You know, a lot of times I uh, toot my own horn and, and talk about some of the things we did when I was younger as if we had all the answers and, and we 
didn't really have all the answers in this one. We should have sanded it a lot longer. Uh, but I see the merit in it now. And, uh, and then we're going to be talking about uh, the work, work task itself of sanding the floor. Now, when you, when you sand a floor, um, I'm going to give a little bit more of a modern take on this today um, as opposed to the, uh, uh, the way that was done in the, uh, in the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai movies. Um, but um, in, the, uh, in both the, uh, the Karate Kid universe uh, uh, situations, they used a, like a, what's called a Japanese sander. Now, by the way, if I could ever find those, I would totally buy them because I think they'd be so cool to do. And I think that they're great for, for doing fine tuning. Um, and it, I think they're just kind of cool in general because of my martial art background. But um, So I, I probably go on Amazon after this and go look for them. But um, they use the uh, hand sanders. Okay, now the equivalent of that that I would do is I would take a like a 2x4 or a 2x6 and I would um, tack in um, a piece of sandpaper and use sanding blocks. Okay, and that's traditionally um, how it's done uh, for most people that don't have Japanese sanders. Okay, now, um, however, I'm going to give you the modern take on what I think you should do. Um, the sanding that's done is is quite intense. Uh, they use it as a teaching tool inside the um, inside the movies, but they don't do it that long. Um, when you do it for a long time, you need to have a little bit of added power to uh, to help you get things done a little bit quicker. Otherwise, you're going to be sanding all day. Um, so I recommend using a, a power hand sander, and I have one of those. They're really inexpensive at uh, Home Depot or Lowe's. Um, and then you could put a piece of sandpaper on them, and you could uh, you can still have the same effect. Okay, you still can make circles to buffer and make it softer. You can also go back and forth. Okay, so a lot of times it goes back and forth, which is also a good motion as well, or a side motion. Okay, and all three of those motions, whether it be a inside circle or a back and forth motion or a side to side motion is all very similar to use when blocking. So all that would still have the same benefit your shoulders are still going to ache. Um, you're still going to be using your wrists and your forearms, and you'd essence have the um, the same kind of effect. The only difference is is that you could be standing for uh, three hours, like on a deck, for example, or be standing six hours or seven hours with a Japanese sander, um, and it would take a lot less time. So unless you have a lot of people helping, um, then um, I would recommend doing it that way. Now, um, what the things that you're doing when you're sanding the floor is you're filing the edges down okay so when when a piece of wood i'm i'm uh, uh, because of all the stuff i've done with my dad i really enjoy working um in carpentry i really enjoy it now for some reason i just i just have a knack for it now and i never did when i was younger but for some reason all the teachings that you do with your father when you're younger um it all comes back to you and i'm i can i can swear to that you know anybody that's that that ever helps their dad out and learn something that, that is an invaluable resource your, your parents are, okay, to learn stuff. So, um, and then when you get older, things just come naturally because you had done it so much when you were a kid. And I highly recommend that my younger students out there, that you guys go and you help your fathers or your mothers, okay, it doesn't matter, um, <clears throat> and work on that. So you file the edges down so there's no sharp edges. Nobody wants to take a sharp edge of a, of a, of a two by four or a two by six. Um, you know, it kind of hurts. You know, it rashes the skin, it hurts. Also too, um, it gets rid of splinters. You wanna make sure that you're getting rid of splinters 
as well so that you don't have splinters that flare up and then people step on them or, or touch them with their hands and get splinters, okay? Um, also too, when you're doing the sand the floor, you're, you wanna make sure you're spending time on the surfaces that will be stepped on or touched frequently, okay? Because I've gotten kind of uh, in, into it, you know, and I'm, I'm sanding everything, including, I, I do sand underneath a little bit on some of the uh, obstacles that I do, because I never know if people are gonna, gonna go under, under them or over them. Um, but like for a deck, for example, it's not really important to sand like every board individually and then put it together. That's kind of overkill. The stuff on the bottom that nobody sees isn't really necessary to be sanded. You know, if you're making a deck, you just simply sand the top boards and the sideboards, okay? Um, so you wanna make sure you spend time and do the surfaces that will be stepped on or touched frequently, okay? Now, um, after you do the power sander, sometimes it is um, it is kind of nice to, to do some things by hand. Now, um, let me describe a little bit um, and how you would do the sanding process. Now, um, this is self-evident to anybody that's done any kind of carpentry, but for kids out there and maybe for some adults, uh, they haven't worked in, in this very much, uh, you wanna start off first with the coarse grade sandpaper, okay? Um, I use coarse grade sandpaper like 60 in order to get everything filed down pretty well. I like to make sure that the edges of the board are filed down enough so that they could never scratch or, or uh, anybody that, that goes to step on it, and it's very comfortable. Um, number two, after you've done your major sanding, so after you've done your major sanding, then you would take it down to a medium, okay? So you take it down to a medium. Um, now, depending on the application, um, like I built the desk for my, for my son for his computer, um, I went down to fine uh, sandpaper as well. I don't think that an outside deck would really need to go down to a fine, but the process is, just to explain the process, always so a coarse, then medium, then fine, and then you have yourself a, um, an, an awesome uh, wooden surface. Now, um, I can share with you one thing. Um, I helped my father, when we were kids, um, restore a car. We restored a 1968 Ford Galaxy convertible, um, and I helped him sand that. Now, I was a little bit older then, um, so like when we did the deck back in the day, we were younger kids and we didn't we couldn't sand that long. You know, our little kids uh, get tired really quick. So we, we probably sanded the deck in more than an hour or two when it could have, it should have been sanded for a couple days before we, we stained it. Um, but for the car, um, I was older then. I was probably in my teens then. Um, and uh, we had to go down to wet sanding, which is like a, I can't remember, I think it's like 500 grit you know, as opposed to the course, which is 60, or maybe it was even a thousand grit. Uh, we wet sanded at the end, so we brought it all the way down, we, we, to, we got down to really, really fine, and that's when you put the paint on a, on a restored car, and it's just a super smooth surface, you know, it looks like glass, and that's what you're looking for, okay, in a car. But as far as like sand the floor, as far as a deck or a Ninja Warrior obstacle, um, I have a concept that I've come up with that, that I always do whenever I'm doing uh, any kind of woodworking, okay? And here it is. Uh, it may not be applicable for everybody, but this is something I came up with, and I, I, it, it it's a nice uh, creative way and a nice uh, imaginative way to look at it. I want to, when I work with wood um, and I um, build something or I build a deck, 
I want it to be as soft as soap. So when I'm done with the wood, you can tell the difference between an unfinished product and a finished product because an unfinished product has sharp edges. Um, it has the grain showing a little bit more. It's rough. And then when you, when you finish it, it's as soft as soap. So you want your wood to be as soft as soap because I've seen when I've done boards before for my handrails in the studio here, and I have a board that I haven't touched yet. It's like, wow, that looks a lot different than something that I've sanded for 15 minutes. Um, and I want to make it soft as soap so that um, nobody gets hurt uh, in the future. Okay, so um, after you've done your, your uh, sand the floor work task, um, then you need to apply it to your martial arts training. And part of our martial art practice today, of course, is going to be with the low block. Okay, so what I recommend is after you've sand the floor to do your closed hand low block and practice that about 10 times, okay? Uh, so that you can get the motion down. Now, in, in our martial art, we use the back of the arm. And the reason why we use the back of the arm for, um, because we don't want, we want to use both bones in the forearm when we block. So for example, there's the radius and the ulna. Um, we want them to be parallel when they block so they can take the brunt of the, um, of the kick um, as, the, as you block. Um, and kicks sometimes are kind of heavy. You know, legs are, people are heavier down there. So, and they're stronger, the legs are stronger. So when they come at you, they come at you with some force, you need to have all your ducks in a row to make sure that you can block that. So uh, we use the back of the arm. Now, there's also too, um, the open hand version of that you can practice. You can open up your hand, put your fingers together and use the back of your hand for the low block as well. And that's, you see that a lot in movies uh, using open hand things, okay? And one of the reasons why they use a lot of open hand blocking is because it looks cooler in movies. And also too, when they're blocking their friends, they don't tend, tend to get hurt as much. That's a martial art choreography thing. So when you have your hands open, um, I use it when I'm teaching little kids in the studio here. Um, I'll use my open hand so that I can be softer when I block. So I can use just my fingertips instead of keeping a tensed fist and then getting them with a knuckle in the forearm. So, um, you know, it's a little bit safer and softer when you're trying to block. Now, there are also, for higher belts in, in our martial arts, there's also two other blocks you can use as well uh, during this practice, and that would be the front hand palm low block. You can do that one 10 times in each arm, as well as the rear hand palm low block. And all of those would be applicable to sand the floor because you just practice the motion um, sanding the floor um, or sanding the obstacle uh, or the project and you're used to that kind of motion. All that motion is very similar uh, to those blocks. Now uh, when you're sanding the floor you are on your hands and knees usually um, and um, the next martial art practice would be uh, prone back kicks. Okay so when you're on all fours uh, you can you can push backwards and tuck your knee and kick out and you can do a prone back kick, okay? Uh, very similar to how a horse or a donkey or mule kicks, and it's extremely powerful, okay? Uh, the only thing bad about a back kick, uh, whether you're standing or you're on a prone position, is that you can't see as well your target. That's the only thing bad about doing a prone back kick. So I recommend doing 10 on each leg, okay? Also, too, as a side note, in the fitness industry, if you bring your knee in really far, 
not only do you get more power, but you also tone your abs as well. And that is a great kick for fitness, for getting uh, core strength, and also for working your uh, glutes. Next, since you're using your form so much, uh, doing the motion of sand the floor, I recommend doing the bicep curls. So get some hand weights out. Whether you're a kid, you can do a couple pounds, or you're a little bit older, you can do five, 10, 15, or 20, and you can do bicep curls. You can do uh, 10 in each arm and do two sets so that you can get a little bit stronger bicep and um, help with the strength in the inside of your elbow. Okay, so practice that as well. That's a lot of fun. I did some yesterday, in fact. Uh, very good, okay, to keep up that strength. Now, um, one of the things you can do while you're doing your work task of sand the floor is you can do a ballistic stretch uh, where you um, kind of cross your arms in front of you and then have them go back as far as they can and keep on going back and forth. Cross the hands in front of you, go back, cross the fans in front, in front of you, go back. You can also do a version of that as well where you do like a little mini uh, wide squat with the palms open and you pull back your arms as far as you can um, in that same kind of motion to stretch out the shoulders, the back of the shoulders, the front of the shoulders, and the chest a little bit more. And a lot of times I encourage, I really encourage people that are, are following my podcast or people that work a lot in general to make sure that you're doing ballistic stretches between your work tasks. Now, I need to follow my own advice here. I was working inside the house yesterday for four hours in the morning, and I was so uh, keen on getting it done that I wasn't doing this. So I had to take my own advice and stop and, and, do the, stop and do the ballistic stretch every so often to keep the shoulders loose so that I'm not getting too tense as I do my work task. Now, um, the last uh, martial art practice that you can do is you can do the round palm strike, okay? Round palm strike, um, you, uh, you uh, rotate the hip, stretch out the shoulder, and bring a palm strike around in front of you as a swinging technique. Uh, the round palm strike can be done off the front hand or the rear hand, and I recommend doing 10 with each arm, okay? So that's quite a bit to do uh, for this martial art practice. We kind of expanded it a little bit from just low blocks into a lot more. So make sure that you uh, you try that, okay? I know that people aren't sanding the floor every day. So one of the things you have to do in this particular work task, because unless you have a deck in the back, um, I'm planning on building a little walkways, by the way, made of wood um, in and around the backyard and the pool, kind of similar to uh, uh, Miyagi-Do Karate's one. I plan on doing that sometime and uh, make those little box um, decks, which are really cool. But you're not going to be sanding those every day. So you can also do this anytime you sand. Okay, so if say you're making something at home like a balance beam, okay, for the kids, or you're making some uh, Ninja Warrior steps, um, or you're just building a desk, or I built a desk and a matching printer stand for my kids so they can have uh, do their homeschool a little easier, okay? Um, so uh, that's definitely, anytime you do any kind of sanding, I recommend doing this kind of exercise. Okay, so a um, couple things real quick. Um, as I've said many times before, the teachings of the Karate Kid universe 
And the nature of our podcast is to learn martial arts at home and in the studio through doing everyday work, thus creating life, increased productivity, and a better world. Okay, so uh, that's important. And there is one thing that um, um, I always talk about. People sometimes wonder why are we doing work for instead of just doing martial arts. And um, Dimitri's character inside the Cobra Kai uh, Netflix TV series said that one time. He said, "What? Well, can't you just show me the moves and I'll, I'll skip the work? And uh, you can, you could, and a lot of people do. I got a lot of students that come here and just train. They don't, I don't know what they do at home. But the thing of it is, is that the thing about our podcast is that we're saying to increase productivity. So um, you're not just sitting at home, you know, doing nothing and then coming to class and learning and then going home. You should try to do some more active stuff. Now, you could be active and, and there's some people uh, on social media that all they do is work out all day. Um, and that's good for them, but it doesn't increase the productivity. So increased productivity means, in our little motto here, it means that you're getting things done. Okay, so you're getting things done in your home, you're getting things done at work or in your office, and you're getting things done creatively for your life. Okay, so that you're always, you know, having an enriched life. So that's why I said about creating life, you're enriching your life um, through doing this. So, um, and then also too, you got to remember what uh, Daniel LaRusso said um, in the uh, season two of the Cobra Kai as well, which is in order to fully learn karate, and when I mean karate, I mean any martial art that you're doing, you have to unlearn your misconceptions about what constitutes training. So someone that's uh, getting into it like I do, this is very important, okay? Now, um, I know this is a very typical karate kid drill, the sand the floor, but we have a lot of different topics that we'll be covering through the course of this podcast. And uh, this one was one that uh, is very familiar to a lot of people. Um, and also, too, um, today's secret word or phrase. Now, we talked about this in the last few podcasts. That each time we'll have a secret word or phrase. Today's secret word or phrase is soft as soap. Okay, so if you, if you tell me that through email or tell me in person then I will um, be eligible for free stuff and discounts. So enjoy the rest of your day. And as always, this is Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. Take care and have a great day. Bye-bye.